Hey mamas, welcome to I See You Mama. This is your host Ariana Evans and uh, welcome back. It's been two weeks since my last podcast came out and I think uh, for those of you who are still in the middle of pandemic struggles and homeschooling and working with your kids at home, you will understand exactly where I'm coming from. I I lay I make plans and then my plans fall apart in the face of a million things that happen. <laughs> and this last week it was last week of school and my kids had homeschool and um I have a million, million, million reasons why I last summer was like I can't do this. I can't put out any more podcasts while these children are home with me. But if anything, if the last three Oh my gosh, three months, almost three months have taught me anything. It's that, um, I can, I can work around their schedule and, um, put my needs ahead of theirs sometimes. Um, it was, a there's this thing that they, that's kind of bantered around a lot and I'm sure you may have heard it. I'm sure you've heard it. It's, uh, um, when you're on an airplane and they say, put on your oxygen mask first and then secure the mask of your kid because as a mom, our instinct is like, oh my God, put it on you. And then we're passed out and then, then dead. So you, the kid has survived, but we're dead. And the point is, um, put on your own oxygen mask. And, uh, I didn't really think of that as part of parenting for a long time. I was like, no, 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 their needs come first. Um, my needs are always secondary and, uh, that is a very detrimental, um, practice to your humanity as a, as a person. Um, I know there's this kind of trope that goes along with mothers. It's the martyrdom trope, which my guest and I are going to talk about today. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not gonna, it's not a good place to live in. Like there but we'll get to that. And I, so here I am three months out, uh, finding ways to record, um, and get stuff done in the middle of everything. Last night, (laughs) last night, my husband came downstairs and I was editing in the kitchen with my laptop playing and I would reach over and hit like the marker button for things that I needed to cut or shift or move while I was cooking dinner for everybody. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting my stuff done. What? (laughs) That's how it is now. Like I can't, there's not a spare minute where I'm like, I'm going to go in the calmness of my studio. Like I could when they were all at school, um, and get my stuff done. It doesn't happen. So we're learning a new normal to do this in the midst of everybody here and no, um, breaks. For example, it is 6 a.m because the dog and I are up, but the kids are not up. So we get stuff done. Um, yeah. So anyway, if you've never listened to the podcast, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a really kind of special place where we have really great conversations about all the stuff that we as moms struggle with or laugh about or enjoy or, um, yeah, it's a place for those really good I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to change it to momversations. He was like, oh my God, don't do that. I'm like, I, oh, you're right. I'm not going to do it. It was a joke. 
but it's really silly that we are having all these conversations that are specifically centered around um, mom stuff, like what we struggle with as parents and not necessarily just mom stuff. It's dad stuff too, but I don't know that dads are going to be like, I'm going to listen to this. I see you mama podcast because it's totally my jam. I don't know that we're going to get that audience, but I'm just, you know, throwing it out there. <laughs> it's not just mom versations, it's dad versations, which would make my husband roll his eyeballs like, what? Stop making silly words up. But I do that a lot. Anyway, so my guest this week is Brooke Lamb. And if you listen to the podcast, uh, she's been my guest before. And uh, we talked, she was one of my first guests where we talked about postpartum depression. And, um, yeah, so this time she wanted to come back and talk about so many things. I feel like we could have had like five topics like carved out of this hour, but I split it up into two because we talked for a long time. Um, but this one specifically is about um, mom worth, like things that we do, um, things that we, when we are looking for that, like I was speaking about before, like our worthiness, like what is my purpose? How do I carve that out? How do I make myself um, a priority when I'm so used to being like the last man on the totem pole? Um, <clears throat> yeah, those kind of things. So it, we had a really great conversation and we rambled and we went ev everywhere all over the place, but it was a really good, um, there was so much good to it. So anyway, I want you guys to hear it. And to make it a little bit, a little bit more digestible, I've split it up into two two parts. So each one is going to be about half an hour. And I'm realizing that is, uh, that's my, that's my aim <laughs> length, uh, an hour for, for people who like us don't have a lot of time to spare. Um, 30 minutes is like short and sweet. So I'm experimenting with changing the length of the podcast without sacrificing any of the content, which has been so rich in the past. Um, so let me introduce my guest, Brooke Lamb. She is a marriage and family therapist, and uh, she always has really good and really wise things to say. She has her own uh, child, and uh, yeah, I just, I really appreciate the wisdom and experience and um, wise things, smart things that she brings to the conversation whenever we have her, whenever I have her as a guest. So we're going to jump in with Brooke Lamb. Welcome back. Hang on, say that again. Thank you for inviting me back. You're welcome. <laughs> this is Brooke Lamb. She's back with us. I think the, your last episode was like a year. Because you drove... Is it, it's been it almost a year? year. Yeah. It's been a year since we last... Almost a year since I, la I launched. And you were one of the early episodes. That's awesome. And that's why it was funny. You're like, there's there were none of these houses on your street a year ago. I'm like, there weren't. Yeah. There really in my weren't. mind, that was like three months ago. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was Jan uh, March of, of 2019 was the first episode that went out. Wow. And now we're almost there. That's and we awesome. have recorded like at this time. Okay. Right before. I mean, that's a, I feel like you all can I, <laughs> like relate. Like time is yeah. like, uh, it changes after you have a kid. Like, yeah. What is time? Right. Like I look <laughs> at my 11 year old and then I look at her baby pictures and I'm like, but that was like yesterday. It was two weeks Wait, ago. What? Where? How is she <laughs> like a woman child? And I'm like, this oh, isn't happening. That's got to be hard. It really is. Like, is she starting mm -hmm. kind of adolescent tendencies? Um, 
Yeah, without like preteeny revealing kind of all of her sure personal information. This is a cut spot. <laughs> um, she started her. This is a cut spot. She started her period, and she's got 11. it. Mm. And so all of that that comes with it in the drama, and actually it smoothed out sort of her like roller coaster that she was on emotionally. Oh, interesting. I'm like, okay, now I know what's happening. Her hormones were regulating. <laughs> her yeah. hormones are regulating. Yeah, this is the end. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's so many things that I never expected to real like I wasn't I wasn't prepared when they handed me this tiny thing and said here you go yeah go figure it out I'm like, oh, God, I'm yeah <laughs> I don't think anyone is I really like arrogantly thought that I knew what I was doing because I'd come from a big family yeah I had been a nanny mm-hmm. full-time mm-hmm. for a new for a family I had you know babysat tons of newborns and I I used to say this and I, it's, I may not say this frequently because I don't have opportunity, but like I had the, the manual skills, like mm-hmm. I knew how to change a diaper and feed right. a baby and burp a baby. And, Sorry. but none of that is like really what motherhood is about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's just like anybody, anybody right. could do that. Yeah. But like the deep connection and love and guilt and worry <laughs> yeah. and all the things that go along with motherhood mm-hmm. or have been the things that I'm like, I was not prepared for this. Yeah, and I, and I really don't think that it's anything you can possibly be prepared for. Right. Other, I mean, logi- like the logistics of it, you can, yeah. like you can right. learn I'm all that stuff. i diaper. Right. Yeah. But when, like, you can't replicate the experience of it being your child. Right. Because when you're babysitting or when you're, you know, helping with family, you get to go home. You get to go home. You get time off. You get to go home. And you don't have the same buy-in, right? Like, obviously, right. we would, we love our siblings and we love the babies we watch, you know, as right. babysitting. But, like, but what happens like, to yeah. them day in, day out is not, like, the hill that you die on. Right. It's the long-term, like, yeah. wait. And know. when it's your kid, it's like every single thing that happens to this other person for the rest of my life is right. also happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't keep, I mean, the boys that I was a nanny for are adults who are, two of them are married, which is so weird to think about. Yeah, that is weird. Because I was like 22 and they were like 11, 9, and 4, 11, 8, and 4. Yeah. So now they're, So you're old. old. (laughs) And they're grown up with wives. And I'm like, how did this happen? Wait. Right. So then imagine when that's your own kid. Right. Right. I can't. And I, so I always tell people too, I'm like, when I'm working with clients, like if you could, like if I could open up your brain and like put in your brain what it would be like, no one would do it. No, you would be like, forget because, that. <laughs> because it's both <laughs> like you don't get the good without the bad. Right. Like you don't get the, it's also the most like wondrous, yeah, magical thing I yes. think we'll ever do. And it's like has the most potential to literally destroy you right exhilarating and terrifying yeah both yeah and like they come together (laughs) yeah you can't have one without the other and I think that that it's a big fancy therapy word it's the dialectic of holding two things in tension but that's what I think motherhood is at the end of the day I needed that word yesterday when I was writing Oh, yeah. I needed, like, the word dialectic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm going to have to write that down. Yeah. It's, like, this is that idea of, like, how can we both be 
so in love and so annoyed <laughs> with like this little person at the same time. Yeah. And both are so real. Yeah. It can it's kinda like your your mind can't contain all of it. <laughs> if you're exactly. anything like me. It's yes. So for those of our listeners who have never heard your first episode, right. well, I'm gonna give them give them a little background. You yeah. are both mother and therapist. Yes. And you've been doing that motherhood for how long he's almost two you've been doing motherhood for almost two years and therapy for almost for how long five years yeah yeah that's crazy um yeah five years I worked for a few years after grad school and then took about a year off with Ezra and then started back yeah and now so for the past year I've been working with ready nest which is I work with other moms right so it's really fun because I kind of get to you know process my own experience of motherhood Mm mm-hmm through the lives of the other moms that I'm working with. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I can get it in a way. Um, yeah. Cause he's just, I think you forget. Yeah. <laughs> like I some of the what details. I it's like to have a two year old. I'm like, well, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Locked it out. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Selective memory. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, that's what I mean. Like that's how people have multiple children. Right. right? They forget. You, <laughs> you're like, oh, I can do that again. And then you do it again and you're, you're like, like, whoa, that <laughs> that's where I'm at. We're like, considering trying again in the next few months and I'm going like one day I'm oh my gosh another baby and then the next I'm like why would I do that to myself like why would I choose to do that again uh yes yes (laughs) yes and I having had three like one I have people who have friends who have one as old as my oldest and the amount of attention that child demands of their parent because there is no sibling mm. for them to also play with. Right. It is exhausting. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I think we, I, I, it will be better for me to have a second kid. Because <laughs> like, I can you say, need a buddy. Don't play with your sibling. <laughs> Leave me alone. And also, when I die, you have somebody else. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but that's true. It's true. Like, you think about, like, there's a, um, my in-laws live out in Del Webb, which is a retirement village. Okay, yeah. And so, like, the parents, or the grandparents had one kid. Those kids got married. Mm -hmm. That set had one kid. And then, like, all those people die. And then there's just the daughter left who's, like, in her 50s. And she was like, I got no grandparents, no aunts, no uncles, no cousins, no siblings. And I'm like, yee. I never would have thought about that. I'm I'm sure people do it and cope fine, but I... I, uh, coming from a massive family, don't Can know you what I would do. describe massive to me? Uh, I'm one of seven. My dad was one of five. Okay, so yeah. Uh, my mom was an only. And then, wow. like, just my siblings. I think there's, like, 19 grandkids so far. <laughs> just wow. between. I may have that count wrong because sometimes I include on Matt's side. And he's one of four. Oh, well, yeah. So you guys have a lot. And then they lot. have kids. Like, it's, it's yeah, family for days. Even just, like, like the financial burden, right? Yeah. Like, thinking about when I'm <laughs> when I'm in the nursing home and you're, like, wiping my butt for me. <laughs> oh, God. It's Sorry. It's reality. Real. I reality. want you to be able to split those duties with yourself. Yeah. Or at least the cost of the cost nurse. of paying someone else to do it, <laughs> which is horrifying to think about. <laughs> like my parents aren't old enough to be in that position yeah, yet. Yeah, like they're still really active and they're running around and they're yeah, not same. in every time. But I think about that like 
that's coming. And I yeah. live far away from my parents, so it's going to fall on one of my other siblings. Yeah, I'm, really I'm watching my mom do it right now. My yeah. grandpa's very, very ill and in a assisted living and needs a lot of help. And, um, you know, he has people there that help, but she yeah. regularly visits him and they're three hours away. And she's always calling me on her way to visit him. And I'm like, of course you are. Like, he's your dad. Right. But at the right. same time, I'm like, that's hard. You know, like and that you just are constantly making trips. Yeah. So it would be nice to be able to yeah. ease your mom guilt. Right. By spreading it out. some more, y'all. <laughs> it's hard in the beginning, but man, it pays off. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is like, so going from one to two was really hard because my one was like, but I own your every moment, mother. And I'm like, but yes, you do wait. Yeah. And then... Yeah. um number I had my second kid and then my in-laws were here and they were driving away because they had come for like a week or two Mm -hmm. and they like literally all three of us stood at the door and me and my oldest like sobbed (laughs) because I was like now what do we do yeah and then there's only one of me now (laughs) suddenly we went from this family who were like we don't really believe in screen time for children to like we're gonna watch six hours of Daniel Tiger Well, I feed this baby, and, like, she was mad that I was, like, I said, I would say, Cora, Judah needs me, and she's, like, I need you! I need you! I was, like, What's the age gap? They're 27 months apart. Okay. So, it was, like, two and a squidge. Okay. Um, And she was still kind of, like, you know, Matt carried her around all the time. Sure, yeah. Like, she was, like, his little bird. Yeah. You know, she was tiny and little princess baby she wasn't um 33 pounds like no. my 22 month old no that was my second born who like <laughs> at six months outfatted his little bucket carrier seat oh like, same. He was, like 22 pounds yep. to stay in that bucket i was, was like 18 Ooh. pounds at four months old oh my gosh. but i told you he was almost 11 at birth so yeah, he, he was, was ahead from the start like he he's ch- been out the gate yeah cora was 19 pounds at a year old yeah, and I was kinda, like, oh, what? That's kind of nice. I'm like, but she's a preemie too, so she had that. Yeah, right. But like, I'm like for the convenience factor, I'm, I'm like, like, I'll carry you. My over. son obviously, you know, still wants to be carried all the time because he's not even two yet. And I'm oh, like, break your back. I can carry you for like a minute, yeah. And then I have to put you down because yeah. you are the size of like a three and a half year old, which is fine. You know, I'm not gonna body shame you, right. but I can't. But I can't do it. And he's up, up, up please up. Like, I know. I still so remember. Big. When I was super pregnant with number two, um, Cora would just go find someone else to pick her up. Like, because we were in mom's club, and she would just walk up to another mom and be like, Oh, someone, someone. Somebody pick me up. Because I would hold her, but then, like, her brother would start kicking her from inside of me, and I'm like, I gotta put you down, kid. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, it was not (laughs) pleasant. It was not pleasant. But going from two to three was like, this is world's easier. Because you already kind of had the, like, yeah. I have to juggle act down. And they had a buddy. Right. Like, yeah. You could say, go play with were your... like, thick as thieves. Oh, like sweet. They would go play, and they would go imagine, and she would yeah. boss the life out of him, yeah. and he didn't care because he adored her. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. And then you got to snuggle new baby. Yeah. So, like, I'm watching y'all right here. Yeah. You're fine. That's great. We didn't watch as much TV. It was fine. That's awesome. Well, and the, I mean, so TV is a great, like segue right Right. into the mom guilt thing yes because that's our topic for today and that you mom guilt mom guilt and 
how we find our worthiness and our value yeah in who we are after we have kids because it shifts so much right yeah. from like I'm like a great partner or I'm a great career woman or I'm a great athlete or whatever yes to now you're doing this thing all the time yeah and I in fact you're like we don't believe in screen time I'm like my son <laughs> has been watching screens since he came out of the womb <laughs> and I have no shame about that <laughs> at all um yeah <laughs> Yeah. You know, you do what you got to do. Yeah, but I think there's so I think that there is so much like pressure to do things a certain way mm-hmm. and everybody has an opinion about how you should be doing it. Yeah, what that way is. Right. And oftentimes you're getting literally opposite. Yeah. advice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people are telling you this and some are telling you this. And there's research that says do this and research that says do this. Yes. And, like, how do we find right. our path in that? And how do we find a place of peace Yeah. and not in this constant turmoil? I mean, the, the women I'm working with, common theme is I just feel like I can never do it right. Yeah. Or I always feel like I'm a li- failing a little bit. Right. Or I always feel a little guilty and... Like, I feel like surely like, there's got to be a, a way that we don't have to live that way. Yeah. There's literally a hashtag mom fail. Hashtag mom fail. <laughs> really? I see it all the time. I've posted it. Like, hashtag mom fail. Like, I don't. I've, and sure, and in jest, it's funny. It yeah. But, like, there's always a little truth behind it, right? Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Well, this has happened again. You know, yeah. I think as the longer I do this, the more sort of humor I see in it, Mm -hmm. but then something will come along and really kick me in the teeth, like Mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, in my head, I was like, you know, I know that my husband and I have ADHD, but surely that's not going to be a problem. And then realizing like all five of us are not neurotypical Mm. and we operate differently and Mm -hmm. we have different struggles than other um, children. And that, that is like a coloring thing. Like, how do I parent these children who have these struggles like watching my daughter go through the same struggles I had as like a teenager mm-hmm. oh it, it rips hurts. me up yeah I was like I was hoping we would avoid this yeah. but you know if you have the same brain chemistry as me how really are we gonna avoid this right you know yeah. we'll just put more tools in place mm-hmm. and more help and mm-hmm. more and more and more mm-hmm. and you know there are plenty of people who would shame me for choosing that path Mm. Instead of like, well, I can't believe you put your kid on a medication. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Even she really likes who she is on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let her have that. Right. You know? Right. My son's more resistant and we're we're discussing it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's a trial. Yeah. And then I have a a young one who's too little for it. You know? Right. But at the same time, I'm like, why wouldn't I give you these tools? Like, if you needed glasses... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, well, let's just have some faith healing and some homeopathic remedies. Maybe we'll pour to fix your eyeballs. <laughs> let's pour some elderberry syrup in your eyes and see. <laughs> right. I'm teasing. I love elderberry way. syrup, but me too. Yeah, it can be extreme sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's guilt with that, like guilt in choosing what your child needs, mm-hmm. and guilt in um, not choosing what society or your mom group or your friend group says is the norm and the best right you know right and that's true on both ends of the spectrum right Right. and so 
a couple thoughts came up while you were sharing that. Yeah. Um, one being, we also, I think, feel guilty when we choose something that's for us. Mm-hmm. Because I think martyrdom is like a thing in in motherhood oh, culture yeah. in, in America. Say. I know because I don't know about the rest of the world, but in a very privileged country where we have the privilege to be thinking about things like this, yes. right? Which this is, to- there's totally a economic thing going yeah. on there. Like we're not just thinking about, is my kid going to eat today? Right. Um, most of the time, right? Like if you're listening to this podcast, probably not because you have time to be listening, <laughs> to, a to, be listening to a podcast. Right. Yes. So recognizing that, but then thinking anything I do has to always be what is ideal for my child. Yeah. And if I choose something that's maybe not bad, but maybe slightly less than ideal to prioritize my own mental health or my own physical needs mm-hmm. or just my own happiness, then I'm being selfish. Right. And that is such a problematic black and white way of viewing life. I wonder when that came about. Because I don't feel like, I don't know, being a child of the, you know, born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s. I don't know if our parents had the same. Yeah. Maybe they did. My mom went to work and it was like, okay. Yeah. None of us were. Yeah. I mean, she waited until the youngest kids started school and then went to work. Mm-hmm. And we were like, all right. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't this like, but you need to be here for me kind of right. thing. And right. I, don't, I don't know. I'll have to ask her if she really got some pushback yeah. on that. Right, because like we don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, my guess, and I'm not a sociologist, but my guesses would be, one, because we live in an age where we have access to like research about Mm -hmm. things we're constantly hearing studies show that this is what's best and studies show that like your child will be smarter if this and all these things that we and this is ultimately where I'm I think most of our issue comes from is our illusion of control yes where if I stay home full-time or if I you know like only use natural stuff or if I like only get my kid in the best school or whatever then my kid's life will be good. Right. As parents, our deepest desire is for our kids to be safe and happy, right? Right. Like, that's the one theme among all parents, no matter how they parent, as long as, you know, you're not like a sociopath or something. (laughs) Like, you know. I mean, there might be some of those around. There are, but, you know, the majority, right? Right. I don't care what I have to do. I just want like my, my child to be safe and loved and happy and have a good life. Right. And the problem with that, well, that's a good desire, but the problem with our way of thinking about it is that we think if we do everything right, yeah. then that will happen. Yes. And yet we see tons of examples of people, right, who had great parents mm-hmm. and still maybe ended up being in criminals or... Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Living, dying young. Or dying or, young, right. Or having like things where we would say are not the ideal. Right. Or experience or out of college a great or... deal of suffering, yes. right? Whether self-inflicted or not. Right. Um, and as parents, you know, I, I, I've watched my family go through that with my brother, you know, kind of noticing my parents going, wait a second, we parented you all the same way and yet one of you is kind of choosing this path and the yeah. other is choosing this path. Like... How does that work? And right. what what did we do wrong? And yeah. like 
you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, sure, you made mistakes yeah. because we all make mistakes. But, do. like, you loved us really well and you did the best you could. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, it's up to us the kind of people we become. Right. And then also we live in a world where we can't control everything that happens to us. Right. And no, no amount of helicopter parenting is going to prevent your children from suffering. Yeah. That's the thing that I would, if I could go back in time and tell my self when I had like one single newborn in my arms mm. to like let them fail mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. But mm-hmm. really like I was such a hot mess. Yeah. From day one, sure. trying to, you know, I got better at it, at letting them fail and mm-hmm. letting them have their own choices. Mm-hmm. And I also have a similar experience where, you know, my parents made specific choices and some of us, some of the siblings chose this path and others chose this path. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those, those paths sort of spiraled out into like conclusions that we never could have seen coming. Right, right. But at the same time, it's like, at some point as an adult, I'm responsible for me. Mm-hmm. You know, right. my mom and dad did what they did. And then if that was good, you know, right. in it's general sense, like, you to know. To do what you can with it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if if I, if we as humans are broken to seek out right. help. Right. Like, you know, to walk out of trauma, to walk right. out of right. whatever it was that colored our history. Right. And yeah. to choose a different path. And mm-hmm. it's really hard. It is really hard. But I tell all my clients, I'm like, no matter what you do, right? in 20 years, your kid is going to be sitting in a therapist's office talking about it. <laughs> it's so true. And, and that is oh, true. Lord. I use myself because my parents are awesome. Yeah. Like, I think they did such a good job. And I still have, like, I had issues, you know, issues I had to talk about my parents in therapy. Yeah. Was it because they were bad? No. And, you know, of course, I want to caveat. We're not talking about abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Right. Let's take that off the table. Yeah. Within the range of, like, normal and healthy parenting. Right. Like, that wasn't abusive in any way. And not in any way. And I still had to talk about that in right. therapy. Because that's just life. Because yeah. we're all human beings and we all struggle. And yeah. to be human is to struggle. Yeah. Um, Or even things with, like, just the fear of our children suffering, right? Like, we can't control if they get a serious illness. Right. We can't control if, God forbid, they die prematurely, you know? Yeah. And I think we have to face that because otherwise, I think we subconsciously spend all our time trying to keep that from happening. Right. And when we can sit with and accept, which is not easy to do, our, our the limits of our control. Yeah. That's, I think, when we're freed up to really just engage in the moment and be fully present. Yeah. And instead of going, hey, I'm going to parent you in such a way as to keep you from hurting or keep you from, to control your life. Yeah. What if I parent you in a way such that you know what to do when you're hurting? Yeah. Or you know what to do when you have a hard decision to make. Yeah. You have the tools and you know you can come to me. Right. Because it's going to happen. We're not going to act like it's not. Yeah. And so what if you feel empowered and safe that when you suffer and you struggle, you know how to handle it. Yeah. That's been like the biggest thing I've found with having a middle schooler is like, I cannot guard her from all the crap that goes down in middle school. Like mean girls and 
people who bully. And, I bet you want to and so like, bad. <laughs> yeah, and every teaching her every cuss word in the book, and then mm-hmm. her witnessing other children fighting, which mm-hmm. she had never really seen. Mm-hmm. Um, which apparently is like a middle school. I'm like, what? Why do y'all need to physically fight each other? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. I remember seeing fights in middle school, but like, yeah. knowing that she can come and tell me about those things. And I'm not going to be like, let me micromanage this moment for mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And um, God, that's been like the biggest sort of thing that I've had to really grow up in the last year is mm-hmm. to let her experience these things. Now, if she's in danger, of course, I will by all <laughs> means step in. Mama and Bear. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like consistent bullying is going to have me up in that office. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to stop yeah. right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- this, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't care what I got to do. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, like, letting her sort through, like, friend stuff and mm-hmm. giving her tools. Like, she came to me, and it always comes down to my oldest daughter, I feel like, because she's the ones that I, this is all new. Sure, like, every yeah. time it, it's a thing, she's it's right. new. And the I'm other like, ones, oh, you're no, doing it for the second time, but right, you're like, learning okay, on her. we work through this. Yeah. I mean, in a different way, because it's girl and then a boy child who's very different. Um, But even my little two boys kind of experience life in a similar way. Mm -hmm. We've had similar talks. Mm -hmm. But, like, letting her sort of... Oh, I lost my train. What was I going to tell you about? Oh, it was, like, sorting through, like, friend relationships. So hard. I know. Because... that age, too. You know, my daughter and me and my husband and my sons are this sort of all or nothing Mm. kind of people. Mm -hmm. And, like... I, in the past, didn't have really good words for it. So I just said that I was, like, a steamroller of a human being. Mm. Like, I would just come into your life like this force of nature. And I want all of your time and all of your resources and all of your conversations. And all mm-hmm. of that is for me. Mm. Like, it's a really um, ADHD way of thinking Sure, of yeah, you're either in or you're out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I would overwhelm friendships, like, where Mm. they're like, oh, my God, I need a hot minute. Like, (laughs) I'm allowed to be friends with other people. Mm -hmm. And I remember experiencing that with my sweet friend, Leslie. And when she began to have other friends, and I was like, no. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't vocalize that to her, but I was so, like, let down and Mm -hmm. disappointed. and, And then watching my daughter who wants to, because this one friend is safe and comfortable and Mm -hmm. knows her, Mm -hmm. watching that friend branch out and her not having the skills to also. Mm. So, like, giving her those skills and then Mm -hmm. giving her coping skills when she feels like she's not as connected to this friend because, you know, in her all-or-nothing mentality, she wants it all. Right, (laughs) right. You're still connected. You just don't get every second. Yeah. You know, same with, you know, mom or dad Mm -hmm. or you're still connected. Yeah. And then how that impacts her sense of identity and worthiness. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that, I mean, that's where, you know, we're in the same boat as, as moms, right? Mm-hmm. Is Oh, that worthiness piece. Yeah. Oh. It's like, I know. It's like, what makes me be able to, at the end of the day, say, I know that I'm good enough. Yeah. I know that I'm valuable and that I'm worthy of love and belonging. Right. So that was part one. Join us for the next part with Brooke, and uh, we'll see you there. And um, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for giving the podcast a listen. And as always, you can find me um, and the podcast on social media. It's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. Um, and you can always reach out via email. And that email is podcast at gmail.com. You can... Um, 
send ideas, send comments, send thoughts. Um, conversations via email are always welcome. Yeah, give me a shout. I'd love to hear from you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. And don't forget, I see you. I see you, Mama. Bye.